Hi, welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today, I'm going to be talking about embracing full-time recovery. In the beginning of recovery, whether it's sobriety or this stroke that I'm dealing with, There is absolutely this full-time focus on recovery. And from my experience in sobriety, and I'll talk about the, the, the levels of engagement that I had to like submerse myself in in the beginning and how that kind of lessened over the years, I recognize today that I'm in that beginning stage right now. As I had gone to the neurologist yesterday, and um, I've got lots of new appointments coming up and new tests and evaluations coming up. And then I've got insurance companies calling me and all of this stuff. And, and so I think it's healthy for me to recognize that things are not always going to be this way. And I didn't recognize that in early sobriety. I didn't recognize that the level of work I had to put in in the beginning was not going to be permanent. Because honestly, I couldn't look past the day. Um, the day that I was in and, and I was told to, to live one day at a time. So that's what I was trying to do. The first time I went to detox and came out, I could not, uh, I could not live one day at a time. I ended up drinking again because I just kept thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to spend the rest of my life not drinking. And so I started drinking, you know, and I, and I started drinking again for another eight months. I was not able to just look at today. Um, what we, what we learn in, in sobriety is that under all conditions, no matter what, any situation, we do not pick up a drink because the treatment of for alcoholism is to not drink at all, not to drink a little less, um, not to drink and go to therapy. It's to not drink at all. No mind-altering drugs or alcohol at all. And in order to do that, I had to put recovery first. And that's what they... That's what they say. They, meaning the people in the sobriety program, tell me to put my recovery first above all things. And that is because if I don't put my recovery first, my sobriety first, then I'm going to lose all things. And that was clear to me towards the end of my drinking when I was, I was on the cusp of losing a lot of things. And, um, putting my recovery first allows me to, you know, it's like I had an episode the other day about putting my, putting your oxygen mask on first before you put it uh, on somebody else. 
putting my recovery first because I very much would lose everything if I started drinking again. I do, uh, in my recovery now, um, I'm putting my recovery first. So I do have a hard time or I have had a hard time filling my day with things to do because recovery right now is a lot of resting and that's really challenging for me to continue to slow down constantly to make sure that I take a nap and make sure that I rest my eyes that I take appropriate pauses if I'm doing something that maybe there's too much stimulation around me I have to take breaks and and soften my focus just for you know a minute um, at least to rest my head it's like it's like if you were trying to lift weights constantly and never putting the weight down that's what my head feels like you have to take a break and so that's what I'm trying to do is is take these intermittent breaks to rest my head because that's what it feels like it feels like the muscles in my head are just tightening and won't let go um the past two days just from all the you know doctor's appointments yesterday and such I can almost feel like the blood pressure in my head because my head hurts so bad um so that's continued through today and I'm just trying to take it easy uh but it's you know it's challenging but I am trying to put my my recovery first. And and what does that mean in in stroke recovery? I was thinking about the similarities because that's what I do. I was thinking about the similarities between what I'm dealing with right now in stroke recovery and what I was dealing with in the beginning of my sobriety because I continue to just be amazed at how similar um, it feels. Today, I feel like putting my recovery first, putting my, my head pain and resting and all of that first, feels like I'm not doing anything. So when I'm trying to rest, it feels like I'm not busy. It feels like I'm not doing anything. And I compared that to what seemed similar to me was when I used to leave work um, in the beginning of my sobriety, I would leave work in Herndon and drive to West Virginia so on a Friday at 5.30, there was a meeting in Leesburg, which is halfway between the two, um, well, yeah, uh, kind of halfway. And the last thing that I wanted to do on a Friday evening was stop halfway home from work and sit in a meditation sobriety meeting. 
because it felt like I wasn't doing anything. It felt like I was going into a room. I'm stopping my drive, going into this room and sitting there for 10 minutes in silence. And then after we turn the lights on and we're done meditating, everybody shares about their experience, you know, whatever they're dealing with, um, and try to relate it to meditation. And it really was challenging for me to stop at that meeting. Um, again, because it felt like I was not doing anything. When today, I can look back and think, I absolutely was doing something. Um, I was taking care of myself. I was putting my recovery first. I was taking a moment after a whole day of not focusing on my sobriety and my recovery. I was taking a break from life and looking at it, just stopping and looking at it and try and going through the process of letting go of whatever I was dealing with that day, um, stopping myself, blocking myself from looking forward to whatever was waiting for me at home, whatever was going to happen on the weekend. It was a time for me to literally pause my life and there was nothing that could stop me or interrupt me during that one hour of my life. And it was like a checkpoint to make sure that am I, am I spiritually fit? Am I, do I have the tools that I need to approach the weekend? Is there anything I need to share with this group that I need to get off my chest uh, for fear that I may carry it home with me and drink over it? So that meditation, that feeling, that pause, that rest was doing something. And Thinking about that concept and bringing it forward to the position to the situation I'm in now, I can start realizing what what my recovery and personal care looks like in my stroke recovery. Another thing that came to mind when I was thinking about all of this is what did my family think when I went from being a person who came straight home and started drinking and watching movies and laughing and you know to being somebody who says I'm gonna be home an hour later because I have to stop and go to my sobriety meeting and Nobody ever complained about it, but I know that I was very aware 
that they had to be thinking something. Um, I'm sure that they were thinking, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to support mom. Um, she has to do this. Like, I'd rather have her come home late than come home drunk, you know, or something like that. But I was very aware of that. And I think today, as I'm dealing with the stroke recovery, I'm very aware of what I'm doing and how it's affecting my loved ones again today. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if everybody does that or not. Um, it was important to me in sobriety because I had heard that other people go to these sobriety meetings and their family starts questioning them like, why are you going to that like every day? Do you, why do you have to go every Friday? Do you have to keep going? Like you've been going for a year. Aren't you good now? You know, um, because the families don't always understand that recovery sobriety is a lifelong recovery. And Right now, I'm staring in the face at something that m might very well be a lifelong recovery. All I know right now is that this initial phase that I'm in is full-time recovery, just like it was in the beginning of my sobriety. In the beginning of my sobriety, I was... You know, first I went off to detox twice. Uh, luckily, the second time was the last time so far. Then when I got out of that, I started going to IOP. And IOP lasted 10 weeks. What I did was I went to work. My work, my job, I just can't even say enough about how amazing my company has been. They have been as flexible as I can imagine a company could ever be. And I would, I was allowed to totally shift my hours so that I was coming into work at 6 a.m. I was driving from West Virginia to Herndon. I went into the office at 6 a.m., and worked until 10 a.m. <clears throat> and then I left at 10 a.m. And I went to Leesburg, which is about a half hour, 20 minutes, something like that. Pretty much a half hour in traffic. And I would go to a three-hour IOP, which is an outpatient uh, addiction program. So I went there for three hours. And then I would drive back to work in Herndon work another so that was uh I would get back to work at about let's see I don't know five I don't know how the hours <laughs> worked out so 10 11 12 1 and then I go back to work by 
uh, 1.30. And then I would work until 5, I think. Something like that. And then I would go to, on the way home, some, some days, not every day, I would stop in Leesburg at my sobriety meeting. And then I would get home. Uh, that was over at 6.30. I'd get home at about 8 o'clock. Um, so I was leaving my house at 5 a.m. to get to work at 6. And then I got back home at 8 p.m. And I did that for 10 weeks. Um, my boss at the time said that I was actually talking really slow because I was so tired. He tell, he said he could tell how tired I was. But that is the level of work that I had to put in to fight for myself. It was full, full time. In addition to having to, you know, make sure that I kept my job and have a full-time job, you know, so it was full-time plus a full-time job, um, which just, there literally were not enough hours in the day for me to get the, an adequate amount of sleep, um, just because I lived, uh, it took an hour and a half to drive back and forth to work, so yeah, it, it was a lot, and <clears throat> And I think about how that work, that incredible level of work that I put in in the beginning, built a foundation that today I still stand on. I still stand today on that foundation that I built. I did all of that, and that's not even... Um, mentioning the fact that I went and got a sponsor for my program so that I had somebody to um, go through the steps of sobriety with me of the program. I also started going to addiction therapy, like a therapist, and I did that every Thursday. Um, so, you know, I was barely home. I really was. But that was how much I needed to put in in order to make sure that I didn't pick up a drink then. Today, I'm, I'm likening all of that to what I'm going through now, which is I need to put in the work. I need to it's okay if I complain, you know, I think it's, it's, would be unusual for me not to complain that, you know, I'm getting, I've got to deal with all the insurance stuff. I'm trying to figure out health insurance, disability insurance, um, figure out work. Um, and then that's not even, you know, touching on all the doctor's appointments and the tests and the therapy uh, and all of these things that, that are in front of me. But 
just like back when I first started sobriety and I was told not to pick up a drink because if I pick up a drink, I could lose everything. You know, giving up one thing for everything instead of giving up everything for one thing. This is the same situation. I have to put in the work to to get the benefits of recovery the best that I can. You know, go as far as my body is going to allow me to recover. Because if I don't, where am I? I'm going to lose everything. You know, I get I get sad when I think about where I was with work and that I can't do anything about it. And I can't I can't seem to get past that sadness because I feel like I've I just gave up everything. My career. You know, I feel like I've walked away from everything. But if I don't do what I'm doing now, there's zero chance that I'll get it back. You know, if I try to turn back now and just be like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going back to work and just screw it. I'm going to deal with the headaches. Well, I'm going to be, I'll probably end up in the hospital if I were to do that because I was very much at the point where I, I couldn't even function. I mean, I couldn't even look at people. I could barely, you know, it was just terrible. So it's just not an option. As much as I, I wish it was an option, I don't have control over that. Um, that, that is as likely to happen that I, that I were to go back to work and just ignore, ignore the pain. That's as likely as me picking up a drink and just ignoring how I screw up the rest of my life. Um, it just can't happen. It's just, it's not an option. And I need to fit this recovery into my life. You know, a better way of saying it, honestly, is I need to fit my life into my recovery. Because the recovery is first. And the things that I am doing now, uh, the podcast, baking, I'm sewing a quilt, these things that I'm doing, oh, I'm writing blogs for my website. If you haven't heard, I have a website, (laughs) recoverydailypodcast.com. These things that I'm doing I'm fitting into my recovery. Just like when I got sober, I fit my life into around my meetings. I didn't I didn't say, 
oh, I can't go to that meeting because I need to, I was going to go get my hair appointment. You know, I would go to the meeting and schedule my hair appointment around that. And that's, that's what I'm doing today as well. And it takes a lot of humility to say that, to say all of this, that, that I need help. And it takes courage for me to, to put the work in. Why am I saying this about myself? Because I have to tell myself and remind myself and encourage myself every day. Um, because if I don't, I'm just not going to make this. You know, I have a lump in my throat because it's just freaking hard. And I wanted to do this episode about embracing full-time recovery because I was reminded tonight in a phone call that maybe I'm not embracing what's right in front of me well enough. And that's not to diminish the the aggravation and the pain and the situation that I'm in. But there is opportunity that's right here in front of me, you know, and, and I need to embrace that. I decided that I'm going to do a little more for the podcast because because I'm crazy. Anyway, I am working on an all new commercial for the podcast. It's going to be so good that you're going to be like, I didn't even know she could do that. But I can I have hidden secrets. I really do. And I'm I'm going to put more in to what I'm doing here. And I feel good about that. I'm spending the day tomorrow putting some time into doing the research that I need to do for all of this insurance stuff because it's just, um, it's a lot. It's complicated and it's a lot. And I want to prepare myself for Whatever is ahead, whatever scenario is ahead of me, I'm going to be prepared for it. And I've talked about that, but it's time. It's time for me to now use my voiceover capabilities on that I've learned on my Mac and do some research to learn more about um, long-term disability, short-term disability, um, social security, disability insurance, Medicare, you know, the insurance, the health insurance that I have now, um, all of these things. Um, I want to learn it to the point that I can tell the whole story to somebody who asks me, how does it work? Because I mentioned not too long ago, we all sign up for 
these disability insurances, not really thinking that it's actually going to happen to us. And it happened to me. And I don't know enough about it to feel comfortable and feel like I'm taken care of. And I should, you know, I pay, we pay a lot of money for insurance. And we should feel confident that what we're paying for is going to take care of us in an unlikely event like what I experienced. So I'm going to put some time in to understand that I am being taken care of. And I've got a lot of people on Team Rachel who to steal that, to steal that from somebody else who always uh, calls it uh, their team. Um, I've got a lot of people on Team Rachel, and I know that there's lots of people I can ask for help if if I have questions. So that's what I'm going to spend a lot of time doing uh, over the next couple days, in addition to my fancy new podcast commercial. I'm telling you, you're not even going to believe it that I can do this. I've already started it. So um, look forward to that. Look forward to some other new things that I'm going to start putting my time into. And um, yeah, so it'll be exciting. We're on this, this journey together. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.